Hi there, welcome to episode 33 of Paranormal Blip and the main feature of this episode is an absolutely extraordinary interview with a paranormal experiencer who um, is anonymous and I call her M during the interview that I conducted with her. Um, but before that we're going to go into the news so, uh, so a bit of a news um, blockbuster news session coming up, and then we go into the big interview, and then uh, after that, I uh, round things off by describing a photo that is described in the interview by M, um, so, and then you get like my description of it as well. <laughs> Um, all will become clear. But first of all, here's the blimps. So the news today features an, an interview with Christopher Mellon, which went up a couple of days ago. It's by these, uh, this television, um, ch- this YouTube channel, I'm so confused because it's got like TV is in their name. It's Exo Magazine TV. So, uh, but as far as I know, that they are a German YouTube channel. Maybe they have a presence on German television as well. I don't know. But um, the guy is really excellent. This interviewer, he's amazing, and it's a very, very good interview with Christopher Mellon. And the most extraordinary bit, which has kind of made a bit of news in the UFO world. Well, there's two bits that have made news. One is that he says that he was due to meet somebody who purportedly was in, you know, kind of, um, you know, off the books UFO program. And two weeks before Mellon was going to meet him, this guy had a heart attack. And the other one, which is the bit that I focus in with this um clip from this interview and uh, as with all of the you know audio I use the sources are in the episode description and I you know absolutely I compel you to go and listen to the entire interview it's about 30 minutes long and it's absolutely outstanding absolutely brilliant but here's Mr Mellon talking about um, you know the the difficulty that's governments are in, in, um, you know, kind of owning up to the reality of the phenomena. So, but if we were dealing with an advanced species living or living on this planet, how would this shape U.S. policy on this issue? Mm, I, I mean, we're talking about like, like, uh, they're present everywhere in space, in the skies, under the sea, they're everywhere. Yeah, I mean, we're, you're asking me to speculate about something. This is... Uh, no, I'm asking you to assess, like, the probability in which direction this is going to go, being an intelligence specialist. I'm yes. not trying to... Not not speculation, you know, just from well, what you I, know from, with your background. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, I can, it's informed speculation. Right, okay, okay, let's put it, it that way, yeah. yeah. So I think it would be very, very hard for any American president or government to admit or acknowledge this, first of all. It's so threatening to so many people. And, you know, people in the UFO community are not, uh, it, it's very easy to say, well, of course, and I say this myself, the public has a right to know. 
Uh, on the other hand, if you're the leader of a nation, you're responsible for protecting all the children, all the elderly people, everybody who might be terrified, um, you know, revealing that kind of information um, could, uh, you know, it, it's not an easy, it's not going to be an easy decision if they get to that point. And particularly if there's some reason to believe that there is some uh, agenda other than love and friendship involved. You know, it's not clear what the intent here is and if it's one group or more than one group or, you know, there's there's so many unanswered questions, at least from my standpoint, mm -hmm. based on what I know to date. Mm -hmm. And if there was information that suggested the possibility of, uh, you know, in fact, I've actually heard from somebody that, uh, again, this is uh, uh, secondhand information. But this individual indicated that he was told one of one former president had considered releasing this and convened a group to evaluate the pros and cons of doing so. And they ran through a list of 60 questions and they considered all these different alternatives and issues. And at the end, the entire group concluded that the government should not release the information, that it was not in the public interest to release the information, that it would be so disruptive. Uh, and and have so many negative repercussions. Mm. So, uh, if it does happen, I think it will happen most likely because it's impossible to contain it any longer. And I would imagine that one of the things that I've suggested to people in the government they think about, if we're really going to be going down this road, um, it's helpful to lessen the shock and to help people internalize and process this. So if, for example, we do have some compelling information about UAPs in space, let the government admit that now and acknowledge that without saying it's aliens or whatever, but just start to expose people, the public generally, not the UAP fan group and people like us that live and breathe this and are obsessed with this, mm. but the average person who doesn't care anything or know anything about this, mm. and begin to get this into circulation writ large across society, this possibility mm. um, to help bridge uh, from where we are today to where we might need to be or, or have to be at some point in the future. So that's absolutely fascinating. And we know that, uh, you know, in a couple of days' time, on Monday, probably not before Monday, but on Monday, we expect the, um, you know, unclassified report to come out. And obviously when that comes out, I'll just be discussing it in episode 34. And also Christopher Mellon is one of the um, absolutely extraordinary uh, guests that J. Christopher King and James Iandoli have uh, commandeered for, if that is the word, probably isn't, for um, the, the next part of their conference season, the kind of second, uh, or conference series, I should say, the second of their series of conferences, an inquiry into anomalous, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, J. Christopher King will be discussing that with me closer to the date on, on December the 3rd. And um, 
you know, I also will be talking about the event that happened on the 6th of October as well, which was absolutely outstanding event. And I've got, you know, a few things to say about that. And I really look forward to speaking to Jay about that as well. But the lineup for the December the 3rd one is is incredible. It's uh, Christopher Mellon. It's Leslie Keane. It's um, Ralph Blumenthal. It's Whitley Strieber. It's Sharon Hewitt. Wallet and it's Jeffrey Kripal and um, Quantum Witch and UFO Rabbit Hole podcast uh, hosts as well. Um, Priscilla Stone and Kelly Chase, they again are co hosting with um, James and Jay as well. So that's December the 3rd. So um, I really look forward to discussing that with um, Jay. Um, in the future and also discussing uh, their uh, conference in uh, October that they had as well which was fantastic a couple of weeks ago it was wasn't it yeah anyway so we're going to go into the blimps and then we're going to uh, listen to this extraordinary interview that I uh, conducted with a paranormal experiencer So now an interview with a paranormal experiencer that we are calling M. M is not her real name. At the end of this interview, I'll jump back in and I'll describe the photograph that she mentions. That She describes this photo. She says, I'm going to send you a photo. Well, after the interview, she did send me the photo. So I'll come back in and I'll describe the photo for you. Um, but here is the interview. All right. So, M, it's wonderful to... Uh, invite you onto the podcast thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me about your paranormal experiences so in the discussion we just had before I started recording you were talking about how these experiences started in in December December the 23rd 2006 so if I could ask you to think back then and talk a little bit about you know what what happened in that in that house that you moved into on that date yeah no absolutely perfect well thanks for having me <laughs> um yeah so we moved into the property um like you said in 2006 um and for the first 5 to 6 months of living there we ex- didn't experience anything at all um so the experiences came after uh, after an event that happened. So we experienced a pregnancy loss, which is quite fascinating. And this is something that we as a family discussed. Um, so my mum experienced a pregnancy loss. And during that time, the paranormal activity started. So, yeah. which is super odd. Um, and so this, it started off very gently does that make sense so not a lot happened during that time but that is when it started but the actual the the stuff that started sort of giving us hairs on our arms started once my little sister was born which was a year after that 
So during that time, we started experiencing the first parts of, of paranormal activity in our home. And then a year later, my little sister was born. And that's when everything really kicked off. OK, so and can I ask the uh, uh, what stage did you know that your um, there was pregnancy loss in the okay, how old were you? If I could just ask um, just to get a sense of the fact and who was in the family? Um, just to get a sense of the people in the house, please. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, who lived at home was, um, I'm part of a big family. So it would have been my mum, my stepdad, my stepbrother, my brother and my sister. Mm-hmm. So there was uh, my yeah. stepbrother, my brother, me and my sister. So there was four kids at the time. Um, I would have been in 2006. Oh, the math. Well, I would have been nine, nine years old. Right. Okay. Nine. And you're yeah. anyone younger than you in the house? Yeah, that would have been my sister, who would have been about seven. Uh huh. Okay. So when we first moved in. And did you know at the time that your um, mother had lost the that there'd been a pregnancy loss? No, so actually, this is something that when we were sat down discussing sort of the time scale of events that as now as adults that she disclosed to us that surprised both me, my brothers and my sister um, because of how much it fits into the timeline of how everything happened. So this is something that I've only just recently found out. I see, okay, right, I Mm. see. But it's an association that your mum had made at the time yes my mum and my stepdad um immediately put it down to that especially because of the experiences that they both experienced after the pregnancy loss itself okay um so quite a lot of things would happen specifically to them my stepdad was one of these people that just brushed it off as creaking pipes (laughs) kind of thing right um but yeah no so they they both experienced stuff it was mostly around them two after the pregnancy loss happened, um, spreading out further to sort of the rest of us once my youngest, one of my youngest siblings was born in 2009. Okay, so the so the first ones that you described a moment ago is gently, kind of starting gently, that was that was your, your mum and your stepdad's experience, those yeah. gentle things. And, and then, so... so Keep talking then, please, about um, maybe the, what happened in terms of those gentle experiences, or if you would rather speak about the hairs on your arms <laughs> experiences, <laughs> as you as you put it, when your when yeah. your um, sister was born. No, of course. So um, to start with, so the things that they experienced. So this wasn't myself personally. So the things that they experienced between sort of um, May two thousand and seven and and it would be in April 2009 when my younger sister was born. So quite often um, they would experience whispering and things. And the one thing that always came up when they would be sleeping and that kind of thing was the whisper of mummy. So it would be um, just the sound of mummy whispering to my mum over and over again during the night whilst she would be sleeping. It would be something that also 
My stepdad could hear something that they tried on numerous occasions to record and that kind of thing. So it was like just the light whispering, the seeing of shadows and things that just didn't sort of feel right, if that makes sense. So that was sort of their experience to start with. Um, Could I ask, um, did they... I mean, maybe you haven't discussed this with your with your mum, but did, was there any attempt to kind of rationalise that, or how did they cope with that? You know, based yeah, so, on what, what had just happened to them. You know, I mean, it sounds like an absolute nightmare. Yeah, of course. So, um, like I said, my stepdad was not a believer. So there is a significant thing that happens that made my stepdad a believer. Right. But he was not a believer in in spirits or or ghosts or what you want to call them um at this time so he he would just put it down to one of us talking in the other room um that kind of thing to 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 rationalize it in that way yeah yeah what happened next so they they were like sort of the little things that they were they were discussing with me and then my younger sister uh she is the eldest of my two youngest sisters so I'm 10 years older than them she was born (laughs) and then the um ghost or spirit decided to show itself properly um we would hear you know we would all be sat down in the living room if she was up in bed we would hear running across the ceiling and she would be only a couple of weeks old that kind of thing We'd hear talking over the baby monitors and she was only a couple of weeks old, you know, so it become very much, um, it become more active once she was born. Um, It would, then those experiences become deepened once my other little sister was born. And by this point, my, I don't know what to say, eldest of youngest sisters was at talking age. Yeah. And she would call the spirit Badman, and she would always scream and cry. And she would say, Badman's going to get me, mummy. Badman's going to get me. Or she would call it firework, right? And the reason that she called it firework was because she said that it goes bang every single time. She would see it in a, a window, a mirror, a reflection. She said that it made a banging noise. So she'd call it either Badman or Bang. And she always stated that it was going to come and get her. So that's when it all started properly, was when she when she was able to communicate what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. I see, right. Okay. And 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 okay, so what was the reaction to to, to this from the rest of your like your stepfather and your mum? So at the stage where she's communicating, um what she sort of sees it as we are all then experiencing the same things so we are experiencing things like toys playing that don't have batteries in um walking and running across the ceiling um we would experience seeing stuff at night time my my brother and myself we both sleep with something called uh, suffer with something called sleep paralysis um which started around the same time as all the experiences which is a whole different topic um and still to this day as adults we both suffer with sleep paralysis um 
we experience things like thudding on the walls and we would communicate with people thinking that they're you know one time I walked into the kitchen was talking to my dad he wasn't actually in there nobody was and God, really? all of us have had those experiences so you're so, so looking at that then so your dad calls out or whatever and you're responding to him and you think the voice is coming from the kitchen it sounds like my dad responding to him then you walk in and there's nobody there there's nobody there yeah or you'd see someone so um you know I'm, I'm sat here now and and to my to my left there's a door open you'd see someone walk past that door but you'd be home alone does that make sense so it was the constant feeling of of something being present was always there yeah and 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 that was and it was the noises, the sound of somebody always being there. You know, you would hear things like breathing, you would feel the cold, you would see the shadows, that kind of thing. So there was always always that presence. And this was experienced by everybody in the family. By everybody, yeah. And so your stepfather realized, you know, it's not the creaky pipes. So my stepdad um, didn't believe us or would rationalise everything until one night he was lying in bed and something pulled him by his feet and dragged him to the bottom of the bed. And after that, he was he was full belief. We ended up packing up and moving within a few months. Right, really? Yeah. Oh, my God, that's incredible. Yeah, so we after that so he would you could tell that he believed to an extent um but he played up on it mostly uh he would it's probably not great but he would quite enjoy antagonizing whatever it was because he didn't 100% believe if that makes sense so he would we would do things like turn off all the lights and and almost talk to it or or take photographs in the dark to see if we could see like orbs and that kind of thing, um, which, which happened on several occasions. And until he was physically dragged from the bed, he 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 wouldn't admit defeat, if that makes sense. He wouldn't admit to be believing in it. Yeah. And then after, can you remember his response? Like I mean, like the night, sorry, the, the morning after that. He was shaken up. Um, he was shaken up to the point where where it was almost like, I just need to get out of this house for a while. And like I said, it wasn't long after that we moved. We were out of the house altogether. Um, yeah. I think once it physically touched one of us, it, it got too far then. Yeah, and that's the first time that has happened. That kind of thing. That's the first time that it physically, first and only time that it physically touched any of us so whether it touched you know the babies or whatever we don't know they couldn't communicate oh. that but um you know that that it's a bad man mummy like it was always something that was so strong in our heads because my younger sister was was absolutely terrified of whatever it was so we're talking about a period between 2009 when your um sister was born and when did you move out? So we were there from 2006 till 2013. Oh, okay. So it went on for this um, quite sustained 
uh, a long time experience went on for about four years or so yeah it wasn't so it wasn't a continuous thing so it wasn't like every single night at three o'clock in the morning something happened um but it would be it would be if something significant changed in the property so if we painted a room redecorated if we moved things around if you know when my sisters were born when things changed activity started and we got to the point where we stopped decorating we stopped moving stuff around and that kind of thing and because of the you know because of the financial situation we were in when I was younger it wasn't a case of just being able to pack your bags and leave so it was just managing what upset it and trying to live with it kind of thing but yeah so we stopped stopped decorating and stopped creating change so it stopped creating disturbances and were there any other kind of patterns that you found like were there any did you did you sense that that it uh, responded to any kind of like you know moods or feelings in the house like how people were feeling um or did it correspond with anything like weather or you know did you notice any other kind of patterns like that it's funny that you asked that so my mum has a theory um and this is because we, when we sat down and discussed it, we discussed what happened after leaving that house. Um, and my mum's theory is that it attached itself to someone in my family that was feeling extremely low during that period of time. Um, and they were having a really, really hard time. And then after we'd actually left that house, this person in my family still experienced activities and, you know, and it, but it would only target them. So it would be, you know, in their bedroom, things would move around, that kind of thing. But nothing else would happen in the house. Um, and it wasn't until they moved out and somebody moved into their bedroom. Like I said, I got a big family. Somebody moved into their bedroom that they were like, yeah, things are happening in, in here and then it went and it disappeared and it's not been seen, seen since kind of thing. So mm. um, my mum's theory is that it attached itself to that person that was feeling very lost at that time. Right. But That's really interesting. Yeah. And how, can I ask, how, how are they now? What, is there any kind of continual so uh, experiences at, that this person has? This no they don't at the moment no there's nothing that that they've said that they're experiencing it at all um it's it's not it's probably not shown itself for a good good five or six years okay and knowing that person you do you kind of does it make sense your mum's theory to you in terms of the person's mood and it it the theory makes sense absolutely it makes sense um i think just judging by the fact that it did this activity did continue and you know it was it it continued to the point where where their life changed yeah i think i think there is some sort of truth behind it but but then at the same time it's quite difficult when you're all experiencing something together it's so much easier to believe than when when it, somebody's dealing with it on their own if that makes sense and it's sort of attached to them so it's it's so I suppose it's a bit of a difficult question it's 
yeah. it's gone now and it it went when their life changed for the better Right. Yeah. So yeah. I suppose her theory is it makes sense. But of course, we don't know why. I mean, not there's not necessarily a reason why it would begin in the way it began, and then get worse when your when your sister was born. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily not that I you know don't know your family, but from a kind of outsider's point of view, that doesn't that. That the person, the other person in your family, doesn't seem to be the kind of significant, um, you know, kind of driver of the beginning. Yeah. So it never, it never started that way. And whether it was, and and this is why I say I don't, I don't know about her theory. Whether it's, it's just sort of rationalizing the mindset that they were in at the time, and and sort of trying to make sense of everything and and putting two and two together or whether it was just a weird coincidence I don't know yeah and can I ask how like in your kind of day-to-day -day lives when you were living in that house for you know um well, from 2006 to 2013 and certainly for that time where you know that four years or so where there was like prolonged activity how did you, like, what changed in terms of the day-to-day, -day, you know, did you make sure that you, for instance, you know, weren't home on your own? Or did you work out, like, you know, it's going to be awkward to invite somebody back to the house because of, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, how, how, how would a family life, like a, a busy family full of, you know, um, lots of kids, how did that kind of, that prolonged paranormal experience impact the way that you lived your life day to day um see that's a difficult question the reason being is because of my age when it started and my age when it finished kind of thing I, I almost didn't know any difference so the way I see it is just being normal does that make sense so we yeah. nothing and nothing really happened during the daytime I know that's very cliche but during the daytime, whether it's just because the house was busy, that things weren't really experienced as much, because there were times when it was, but maybe because of the fact that it was constantly active, you know, I've got so many siblings, and by the time the other two were born, there was we were overrun. <laughs> pretty yeah, much. yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I was brought night, up in a in a big family as well, and I I can kind of see where you're coming from. Yeah. In so it's just like there's, there's everything going on. There's always noise and chaos, essentially. Like there's always someone moving in every room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So when when the house got still and quiet at night time, I think that that's when we noticed things a lot more. Okay. We were able to notice those things. Yeah. So I think I think thinking back on it, I can't sit here and say that that anything was specifically adapted. I know that we we weren't allowed to watch horror movies um when we watched horror movies it seemed like activity started happening in the house so horror really? movies were banned yeah oh, that's interesting very interesting um any any in particular what horror movies yeah like was there any kind of particular uh, um event that's memorable where you know you watched i don't know the exorcist or something and then oh my gosh so we were watching the grudge 
right and the way that my house late was laid out so it was an open plan living room dining room and the living room dining room was almost divided off by a sofa uh-huh. and I remember so my my and this this is actually a very good point my stepdad worked as a security officer at a morgue right on night shifts which is horrendous in itself (laughs) (laughs) whatever happened was probably his fault actually (laughs) hold on a minute your your dad was a security officer at a morgue at a morgue yeah horrendous (laughs) so that sorry just one question about that um and so did he not um i don't know well i guess he hadn't ever been exposed to any weird stuff in the morgue well he says one time the door rattled okay and it freaked him out a lot but i also don't know he's 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 a character so he's a storyteller so there's times when he's told me things that i think i'm not sure if you're telling the truth or you're telling me a story here okay okay. does that make sense so he he was a storyteller but yeah he didn't he didn't love the job and he didn't stay as a security guard on night shift at the morgue for very long um I don't think it was something that he loved to do um but he was away on this evening working and me my mum my sister and my brother were sat on the sofa that divided the living room and the dining room and my brother was sat on the other wall on just an armchair and so yeah. he was on his on his own on that on that chair. We were watching the grudge. Okay, lights were off. We're making it spooky wooky, and uh, we're we're watching watching the grudge. And behind my brother, that sat on his own on this armchair, there is just the loudest bang on the wall. So it was like doof 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 on the wall, just echoingly loud to the point where it woke my sister upstairs, and she was screaming and crying. Oh my god. And so this wall that this chair backed up on was right by the front door. So on the other side of that wall was the hallway to the front door kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so we thought, right, my stepdad's just walked through the door. He's banged on the wall, tried to scare us. I all. See, Hilarious. Yeah. Let's get up. Let's have a look. Nobody's there. Okay. So then, yeah. you know, I'm crying. My sister's crying. My brothers are just hugging each other because they're like, what the heck's going on? Mum's trying to be strong, but she's like that your dad's got to come home right now because I don't know what's going on you know go check on the baby there is nobody in the house but the loudest noise was coming from the hallway and there was just nobody there there was nothing there to make this noise and it was just banging on all of the walls we turned the movie off and the noise stopped and my mum put a stop to horror movies yeah and whether it was just coincidence or not again don't know but that experience happened. We didn't watch another horror movie again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see why. And so so we've got sounds happening. And we've mm-hmm. got toy you mentioned toys with no batteries moving around. Toys. So my this one gives my mum chills. So she would constantly experience the noise of like carousel music all the time and and she was almost going crazy with this and and she would sit there and and she'd go silent she'd be like can anybody hear this carousel music it's going round and around and around and around and we'd all be like we don't know what you're on about it makes no sense and then one night they were laid in bed together my mum and my dad and 
he goes, I can hear it. I can hear the carousel music. I, what, what should we do? Went downstairs, checked through all of the toys. None of the toys are going off. This carousel music's just getting louder and louder and louder. And then they see the family of ghosts. What the and hell? They experienced the family of ghosts. And this was after he'd been pulled out of bed. He believed it. And trust me, our boxes were packed up from that house really not long after this started happening because it become so apparent that something was there that it was that it almost didn't want us there if that makes sense so that was the first time and the family of ghosts you know where i said that the the living room and the dining room was divided by the sofa yeah they were all lined up behind that sofa um with this carousel music just playing which is weird so 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 can you did your folks describe to you what these ghosts look like the only one i can remember is the little girl and the reason for that is because that is the one spirit that me and my sister saw the most of so the little girl was was small and she had curly curly hair um features i can't remember just curly curly hair um how old and she was small sorry how old would you say she was Probably similar ages to what I was, probably nine, ten. If if we were going to pinpoint it, same size uh-huh. as us. Um, any, can you remember what she wore? Honestly, so there was one time where it was a white dress, but other than that, no, I can't. I can't tell you. I can't remember those specific. Yeah. Details. And you saw her. Sorry, go on. So that was the the one that me and my sister saw the most of. So the the large so there was a large black figure that that was continuously um predominant which we would continuously talk to believing that it was my stepdad like I said before. Um and then this this little girl so the first time we experienced it actually was at nighttime. So because there were so many of us um we had the largest bedroom of the house there was four girls we had the largest bedroom of the house and there was two bunk beds in that bedroom side by side me and my eldest of the sisters were on top bunk the two babies on the bottom um and I remember one night that we both were sat up at the same time staring at the same girl in our bedroom and that was the first time that we had experienced that little girl at the same time and then after that then it become more prominent. We would wind each other up about it quite a lot. But yeah, that was the first time we both sat up and we both just witnessed this girl at the same time. Crying, babies are screaming, mum comes in. That's it, they never slept the light off since. As an adult, I still sleep the light on. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and was there, so, so just one thing that you said, you talked to this kind of dominant um figure this kind of dark figure as if um like thinking that it was your stepdad mm. um can you just explain that a little bit like did he was it a voice that you could hear but you couldn't see him at the same time or could you see him talking uh, did the voice sound like your stepdad like can you just 
explain that a little bit please it would always be so they wouldn't respond to us but it would be us responding to them so the amount of times that we just walk around the house talking and then you know talking to what we thought was was somebody there and then there's nobody there and we we would always question it thinking we were going crazy and we'd you know go downstairs and they're like you know to my stepdad you were just upstairs what happened I was never upstairs what are you on about well we were just talking to you no you wasn't I've been down here this whole time um you know you'd be stood at the kitchen doing the dishes but there was nobody there and there was no one doing the dishes but we would see this thing stood at the sink and we would we we would talk to it and and it wasn't anything does that mean it's really so difficult to try to explain um it would just be this presence but you could see it and we would you ever think you see something walk past you and and nothing's there and you blink and you think oh i must just caught something it was that all the time did i ask yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. One other thing as well, just well, kind of going through the, like the, the the kind of the type of experiences that you and your family have had. You mentioned orbs earlier. Orbs. I'm trying to photograph an orb. Mm. Can you speak a little bit more about that, please? Then, what about? Did you see orbs or? Yes. So we we were googling it. So we we loved our home. Okay. So I absolutely loved our home. Reason being is because we were right next door to what's now my auntie. So we had a really great relationship with my neighbour. We're in Simmage Thatched House. Um. Oh, can you see me still? Yeah, I can see. Yeah. Sorry, that froze there. Um. So we would turn off all the lights and head up to the most active rooms in the house. And the most active rooms were always where my little sister slept. So, um, which eventually became my bedroom uh, with them. And we would turn off all the lights. <laughs> oh no, great. Yeah, crazy. When they moved us in. <laughs> <laughs> my parents went, right, here you go, I have the kids, I don't want them anymore. <laughs> but so they, um, we'd go upstairs, turn off all the lights and we'd take photos. And you could see, physically see the orbs on these photographs you could you could see these whatever they were the spirits and the reason that we know that it was different was because it was about 12 o'clock at night and we piled round to my next door neighbor's house okay who who absolutely loved us piled round knocking on her back door going we need to come in we need to take photos of your orbs and she's going what are you on about and we go we got to come in and take photographs of your orbs because we've got orbs do you have orbs you know so we're going around and we're we're taking photographs and she has no orbs there's nothing in her home and we tried night after night every single time we had orbs she didn't have any so 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 you're going into a so you're going into a dark room late at night when it's it's dark outside Mm -hmm. going into a dark room with a with a, a camera is it like a phone or a camera um i can't remember that it Either or, so, I think. Some kind of camera. And you're yeah. taking photos in a dark room. Taking and photos in a dark room. the photo comes up, it's got a, it's got a, it's a, an orb. It's this an orb. obviously, like, I'm old enough to remember when you had, had to go down to Boots and wait for two days for your photos to come back. But we're talking about instant. Instant, you can see it on the screen. See, yeah, so it must have been, must have been a mobile phone or. Right, yeah, yeah. Or so, something. 
so you so you're in a dark in a pitch black room essentially a dark room you yeah. take a photo and on the screen even though you're not actually looking at an orb on the screen you can see an orb you can see it yes can you remember what colors there were or can you describe the size or so um it's it's quite funny i i tell you what actually i will um i'll send you a picture of one which which has been taken recently um i'll send you a picture of one so you've got that for yourself but um so they they could almost change colors but it was always quite circular but if if you were to take a, a circle and stretch it yeah. <laughs> um and and it depends on on color but it it's it's very obvious it's you know it's white clear blue you've you can see that it's something yeah, um yeah, yeah. you can see that it's it's something it's not like a speck of dust let's just say that you've you've caught fantastic and when you say that you please do send me a photo and if but but when you say it was taken recently what do you what do you mean it was taken recently? Oh gosh, that was my fault. Okay, so I thought that it would be an absolutely brilliant idea to take the dog for a walk through a graveyard in the middle of the night. What? <laughs> and I would absolutely not recommend that to anybody. Hold on a minute. Hold on. Hold on. This is a this is going off from the house thing now. Um, this is going off from the house thing. So you, so took I... a, you, you took your dog for a walk in a graveyard at night. I took I took the dog for a walk in a graveyard at night time. Okay, I was by myself. This is so silly, I know. And I thought, I tell you what's a great idea. I wonder if there's any orbs in this graveyard. And so oh, I yeah. took some photographs and I took a live photograph where you can physically see, and do you know what a live photograph is? So mm. um you, you take a photo. Is that an no so it's 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 like an iphone thing so you oh, leave okay. it on live so you take a photo but it, what it does is it takes a live photograph so it takes almost like a mini video at the same time oh yeah 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 yeah, okay yeah yeah and in so this it's like a tiny little like the beginning of the photo moves essentially like yeah a couple of yeah. seconds yeah sure yeah so you can see it and uh you can just see this orb go straight through my cam go straight through my lens and then you can see me running really fast <laughs> Yeah, because I was like, no, but I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> so that was uh, okay. So you, so there's something about your kind of your you, you've had these incredible experiences, but you're not like totally terrified, obviously, because I mean, most people don't go to graveyards at night time with the dog anyway. But Look, even though it was a mistake, these, right? Okay, <laughs> you regret it now. <laughs> Absolutely. Have I been in a graveyard since? No, in the daytime, no. At nighttime, most definitely not. <laughs> when, when was this? A couple of months ago? Or? Months ago, yeah, a couple of months ago. So, um, yeah, it was just something. So, I'm not specifically scared of paranormal things. I'm actually fascinated by it, um, and I, I love experiencing that kind of adrenaline again does that make sense I think because I spent such a large amount of my childhood almost yeah. having that adrenaline and being scared of whatever we lived with that that now as an adult I think sometimes that I I thoroughly enjoy sort of looking into those things and okay, I would yeah. I, you know go to haunted houses and and do those kind of activities and stuff so I do enjoy it now as an adult but um you do do that do you yeah I absolutely love it really 
yeah it's such an experience I mean um just you know even if you don't see anything at all but it's such an experience to I think as well because such a large proportion of my life this this happened to us and people don't believe you and and so to then go to these these events or or these environments where people do believe these things happen I think that that, totally makes sense yeah yeah I think it creates a little bit more of a yeah it's just quite nice to be able to discuss events with people that that believe that it could happen yeah absolutely and so the, the that kind of outlook or that way of kind of looking at it is that shared generally by your by your folks or by your family or would you say that you're a bit of an outlier and the they're more like you know kind of talk about it if we have to but i'd rather you know it's good that it's in our past type thing. it's my stepdad is it's resorted back to right it's pipes okay so anything that he thinks is happening or anything like that not that we specifically have experiences now but it's it is very much sort of um that's been and gone uh my mum won't really discuss it but my my brother and my sister not my stepbrother my brother and my sister and myself fascinated by it still absolutely fascinated by it and I think that that's something that we still have very strongly in common um this idea is something that is brought up as a topic of conversation quite often and and that kind of thing I think again I think it rolls back around to the fact that people don't believe you when you talk about it so being able to talk to each other about it and knowing that it did happen to us it's just a much better experience um so yeah we we all talk about it and like I said previously me and my brother still today suffer with sleep paralysis so that is something that we we often talk about as well um so yeah I think I think that us three us three are still very much interested but everybody else would would prefer not to talk about it at all but the funny thing is my younger sister that would call this spirit bad man still remembers and she was only a couple of years old but she remembers the bad man so it is wow. very bizarre yeah and is she but she doesn't really engage with it like no. she doesn't no, no. it's not fair How is she in relation to that like is, is, she, is it was it a kind of disturbing thing for her does she kind of remember it in a negative way or um it's something that she very rarely discusses um but no I don't think I don't think she remembers enough about it to even to have it impact her uh-huh. but she remembers she remembers that there was this thing but I suppose when she was born 2009 we moved out in 2013 what was she, what was she had been four or five years old yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose she experienced it for quite a few years of her well the whole part of her first start of her life now apart from the um experience a couple of months ago in the graveyard and the experience of your family member after um you moved out of that of that house have there been any other kind of paranormal experiences in your family things like premonition for instance or 
very strong coincidences or any, anything that you would kind of wonder, you know, this is, but is it something about us, if you like, rather than mm -hmm. something about the property? Um, if it was about the property, maybe it wasn't. I think that it is the property. Um, we have had further paranormal experiences. Um, I think because of the fact that because of the fact that we had the experience that we did inside of the property, I don't think we we have to rationalise everything as being something else anymore. So we kind of just accept everything as it is. And yeah, if somebody's walking across your ceiling, then somebody's walking across your ceiling. Like, you know, we don't just put it down to other things. So we have had other experiences, but we, you know, I said I had a neighbour that we we would go into her house and take photos of orbs. She still lives in in the property next door. And she knows the new owners of that property and they also experience paranormal activity inside that home. So I think that's how we know it was the property. And I think those major changes that happened is what really upset it. Right. OK, so uh, but you have, though, had paranormal experiences outside of the um, outside of the, the house. Yeah. So more yeah. than you, like other members of your family. So, yeah, so I think the most prominent one um, was my my granddad, unfortunately, passed away. And they live, uh, my family live up north. Um, and so my, my granddad passed away and we, we went up north to go to his funeral. And we were staying in a hotel. I think it was just a Green King. But, you know, they're put into those really old buildings and that kind yeah, of yeah. thing. Yeah, there's like a chain of kind of pub in type places aren't they yes yeah so for my international audience it's not, <laughs> it's not actually a green king no <laughs> like charles you could describe charles as a green king couldn't they so you were staying up north yeah so we stayed there for the night and i remember my brother and bear in mind we are now fully grown adults and should be able to look after ourselves kind of thing um my brother in the middle of the night comes knocking at the door and uh, me and my sister were sharing a room, open it up, and he comes in. He goes, girls, I've got to stay in the other night. And we were like, why? What's, what's going on? Look, don't ask me questions about it, but I'm staying in here tonight. I'm not scared. Don't ask me if I'm scared, but I'm staying in here tonight. There's no way I'm staying in my room by myself. And we thought, all right, okay, what's going on here? Go up to his room. Okay, lied there in the dark, all of us giggling, you know, acting like kids again in this hotel. And there was just running footsteps around the bed. Oh and that's all you could God. hear. And you could just hear somebody moving around this bed. And all three of us shot up, shut that door, went down to mine and my sister's room. And we were like, that. That's there's no way we are staying anywhere near that room. That's fine. Um, but yeah, so we, we experienced that. I remember but that was so that was so chilling I, re I remember the noise of those footsteps around that bed like as if it was yesterday kind of thing so that was a, an experience that we we all again experienced together yeah when was that just out of interest that was a, a few years ago now so um it's a few years ago yeah it was a, f a few years ago 2017 I think my granddad passed away right okay um, so about five years ago yeah. So, so, so there's something going on with your with your family, um, but also it just so happened that you then moved into a place 
where other people experience this these kind of experiences as well yeah have you thought much about like what is going on have you thought much about you know there's various and you probably know you know various kind of theories about um you know people being uh susceptible to um perceiving realms that are kind of closed off to most other people you know um people having uh, abilities if you like whereby they kind of sense things that other people um can't sense um what would you think about that i completely agree with that you know and and this was genuinely four nights ago um i was in my house now i've never had any paranormal experiences in my property i've been i've been here for almost 5 years um but the other night um we've we've just changed the whole house around and the other night i stood at the top of the stairs and and i and i called my other half and and i said you need to come upstairs now because i thought you were in the bedroom i was like you're not but you need to stand on the stairs here and 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 I was like, and wave your arms around because there is something cold stood right here. And so he, he stood on the top of the stairs with his arms out in front of him, trying to feel for this cold gush of, of, of wind and air and that kind of thing. And, I, and I'm saying to him, it's right here. I can feel it. Can you not feel it? And and but his brain, I could see his brain ticking. And he was like, no, I just, I just think it's cold. And I was like, no, there's something there. Like I can feel it because if I move my hand, this way there's no cold air if I if I move my hand this way there's there's cold air and so I can feel the cold air but I wouldn't put it down to it being anything paranormal I just think that it was a cold spot in the in the air and I said and I would think the same thing if I didn't just see a shadow and but he but he wouldn't ever look at anything like that he's never had paranormal experiences so so that cold bit of bit of area was just cold to him if he saw a shadow it was just a shadow you know a tree must have moved and that kind of thing so um yeah so I think that it like I said to you before it's really difficult because nobody believes you until you experience it yourself nobody believes that the paranormal activity is a thing and do I think that I I think it's odd that when it started happening that again I keep coming back to the sleep paralysis and this is because this is mine and my brother's theory is because we struggle do you know what sleep paralysis is uh, for the benefit of the international audience who don't even know what green king bubs are no. <laughs> okay please please tell us what is sleep paralysis so sleep paralysis is a is a state um it's it's between a, an awake and a sleep state and you you physically are you you are aware of what is happening but you're unable to move your body um you know and respond to things because your body's still asleep but your mind's awake almost and during these it's very very common for people that suffer with sleep paralysis to experience experience paranormal things happen during their sleep so they will experience things stood in their bedroom quite often you will feel they they call it demons um sitting on your chest you will witness things but you're unable to speak move scream shout you just have to wait to fall back asleep or fully wake up um and so we both suffer with this and we both have our own demons 
<laughs> whether they're demons or ghosts or spirits. Mine looks a very specific way. And this has been sketched by somebody else that also experiences sleep paralysis. So this is something that I engaged with on a online forum with somebody. And I was like, this is my demon. <laughs> I see this demon when I have sleep paralysis. And um, I was like, you've sketched the same thing that I see. Um, and my brother has a very specific demon that he sees during his sleep paralysis states. And, uh, you know, he's never find, found a picture or anything like that, but also he doesn't like to engage with it. So I think that something there is, there must be something prominent about that. It makes no sense for us both to experience very similar things. Both of us have paranormal experiences during our everyday life. And it not have a link um, because we never suffered with it until we moved to the house. How long have you had sleep paralysis for? Uh, since. Um, so the first time I ever experienced it, I was camping on Dartmoor at the age of nine. OK. Um, and that's the first time that I experienced my, I call him my demon. That's the first yeah. time that I experienced him. Um, and my brother experienced his two weeks later. Oh, really? Yeah. Two weeks later? Two and weeks when, later. And was he at home or was he outside of the home? Like, really kind of... He he was at, at our home, yeah. The home, and that that's the home at nine years old, you were at that home? The haunted that home. Was, that was the property that we experienced the paranormal activity yeah. in, yeah. Are you um, happy to describe this, the demon, or...? Yeah, of course. So my my demon, um, I call him that just because it almost gives him a name. Does that make sense? And I try and rationalise it a little bit more. But so my demon has an all white face. He has no mouth and no nose, and he has two dark holes in his eyes, and he has a very large head. <laughs> um, I can't see his body. His body is a black figure, um, but the face stays the same. And it, it never changes. And the in the first time I experienced him, I remember he was in the corner of my tent. Um, and I couldn't move, I couldn't speak. All I could do was move my eyes. I could see him. So I closed my eyes. And every time I'd open them back up, he'd get closer to me to the point where he was on my chest. And then I woke up the next day and I can't remember anything after that. So that was that's my demon. My brother's demon um, is almost like a black floating figure um and and it has red eyes for him so this demon has red eyes for for him and he sees these glowing red eyes every time he's experienced sleep paralysis quite often it looks like the spirit is floating but it's always stuck to the corners of like you know like where a room and a roof so the walls go like that um it would be stuck and it would always be above him so you would always see the the spirit just hanging above him Quite often, again, it sits on his chest, so he can't breathe, can't move, that kind of thing. So when you say it's, it's, it, it, it's closer to the point where it's on your chest, there's a kind of heaviness or a weight to that. It's not just that the face is close. There's a no, physical... yeah, you can physically feel it, the pressure on your chest. You can physically feel it. it your, your breath gets shorter because it's almost like something's restricting that airflow yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's a very surreal experience um but yeah it's it's there is an overwhelming pressure on your chest and um any kind of expression on the so there's no nose and no mouth did you say 
there's for mine there's no nose and no mouth at all there is it's a white misty head with two very large dark holes is what i associate to be eyes um and and that's and that's honestly it do you get any sense of communication or of like a vibe as it were or like just a, yeah every time i experience it i'm utterly terrified um I can say that I every, every single time it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how many times I've seen him now every time he comes back I it's just the feel I, I don't know if it's so much the fact that you can see him um I mean because I've experienced sleep paralysis where I've not seen anything at all and I'm just in a position where I'm unable to speak move but I'm fully conscious kind of thing um but yeah when I when I see him it's I I it's just fear really Right, I see. And how often does this happen? Like, how, how often do you have sleep paralysis? Would you say that? Um, probably once every month, maybe once every two months. It's not once, like right, a sure, okay. And yeah, and the demon appears what a couple of how how often? If you're having it once every couple of months, would you say like more a couple of more times often a year, than or? not? Oh, more often than not more often than not yeah so this i've done a lot of research on on sleep paralysis and what causes it and that kind of thing and and if i see my demon is it because of the fact that it's a figment of my imagination that i keep coming up with time and time again because it is the same thing or whether it's because it is something paranormal um and it runs a little bit deeper i i can't answer that all i know is that it's very bizarre that we experience the same thing, especially being siblings. You know, quite often it's just one person out of the family that deal with it. Yeah. Um, but it's it's two of us, which is bizarre seeing what we've been through and that kind of thing, and that it started happening at very similar times. Um, and 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 to start with, I thought it was as kids, it was almost like, are you playing up to it? Does that make sense? But I remember sitting down with him a couple of years ago as adults and going, do you remember when you you suffered with, with sleep paralysis? And he goes, mate, it is still the bane of my life. It stops me from sleeping more often than not. He was like, and I still experience the same demon. And I was like, stop, so do I. You know, it's still happening in my life and I don't know why. And then so I started researching it and spoke to people about what their experiences are and, and what they think and that kind of thing. And, and I spoke to somebody that had the same demon as me. And that's what makes me think that it's something a little bit more than just a yeah. figment of my imagination. Yeah, absolutely. So, that, so when you spoke to that other person that has the same demon as you, what did they say? How does it kind of manifest itself for them? So it was, it, was more of just like a is this what you see every time yeah. because this is what I see every time and it was like yes you know and it, the difference between what I experienced and what he experienced is they had the same face but his wore a brown leather coat okay. <laughs> and what he associated to having a brown leather jacket but mine, mine didn't. Not that I can remember. Not that I can recall from anything happening since. Um, mine doesn't wear a, a, a jacket at all. Um, 
so that was the difference but his his sleep paralysis happened pretty much exactly the same way in which mine does and that you go to sleep and you then you're awake and it's happening wow so do you know this idea of the collective unconscious which is like Jung's idea of um you know there, there are um a kind of base level of um experiences that are kind of like human um experiences that cross cultures and cross geographies that it's it, that it's possible to tap into in lots of different ways you know meditation mm. various drugs various kind of like ways of accessing this 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 field if you like and when you get <laughs> into that field you you will experience like you know kind of people's experiences will be uh, similar very similar um, probably okay. you know the same essentially yeah so that's that's reminds me i mean you can see why i mentioned that can't you because it reminds me of what we're talking about doesn't it yeah you know yeah, this no, idea please. that somehow through sleep paralysis which i know about the international audience they um you know you're somehow accessing this other realm in which like the, you know this is the theory in which these things uh kind of somehow are present you know yeah and so you're kind of um picking up on on this presence and you mate wherever he is online is doing the same thing which is yeah a, but his, his has got a leather jacket though so i don't know where that he's got a leather jacket i know <laughs> <laughs> but it it makes a lot of sense yeah, that's really interesting. I'll, I'll send you some information about the collective unconscious. Yeah. Um, I did an episode about it with this um, this guy called Stephen, who's this kind of, how, how would you describe him? He's like a kind of um, amiable giant. He's like the BFG. And um, <laughs> anyway, he, he, we talk a little bit about that in that episode, which I think is called Young Dreams and Symbols, I think. So. But um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and interestingly, you know um Terence McKenna. Do you know that guy, Terence McKenna? I can send you some information about this, but basically this is this kind of dude who was around like in this in the seventies and eighties. And he yeah. would talk about how on various um kind of psychotropic drugs he would experience these these uh weird little elf type creatures. Right, um, yeah. And and then other people taking the same drug would experience yeah. the same thing, you know. So that kind of that kind of thing. Um that's really interesting though. And that, there is that, so there's something go sorry, go on. Uh, um. I, I was just gonna say that that makes sense. So I do um I do a lot of research into herbology, um, which I don't know whether you you know about. But I, um, I know about it, but the people that know don't know about Green King don't know about it. No, sorry, say that again. About, sorry, I'm just making a really rubbish joke, which <laughs> I probably won't edit out. Um, yeah, no, tell me about herbology. Herbology, so it's, it's the practice of medicine through herbs and plants. Um, but there is there is a leaf, um, and I apologise because I can't remember the name of it, but it, if, you, if you drink this um, leaf you make into tea, it helps you to lucid dream, which you know which puts you into into more control of your sleep and that kind of thing so that sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. ties into what you were just saying about 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Have it you um, kind of done anything like that, like um, experienced, or is your herbology all theoretical? I've never. Not, I'm not asking you to admit to any. <laughs> no, I've never attempted to to access sort of lucid dreaming or anything like that. The reason being is because I have such. You don't need to do it. Yeah, yeah totally. I don't need to. You know, yeah, yeah, it comes yeah, yeah. to me, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah. I I would hate to I would hate the idea of even you know I would I actually I don't know maybe imagine being in control of your own dreams or 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 being able to lucid dream and and. Maybe I could fight my demon. I don't know, but um, I think because I experience so much with my dreaming that actively trying to be a part of it, it doesn't doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> no, sure, sure. So thank you so much, Em, for spending so much time speaking to me. It's really absolutely fascinating, and thank you ever so much for kind of going over the, you know, the kind of. Um, allotted time not that there wasn't a lot of time but we've we've had a good, <laughs> a good conversation about this it's really 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 fascinating area and i feel really privileged that you've spoken to me about this um so thank you ever so much no absolutely thank you for having me and listening to my stories and and what's what experiences i've had uh you know it's been quite nice to actually sit down and speak to somebody about about it yeah, well, I think, you know, the, the guys that listen to this this podcast, I mean, obviously, they're a very receptive audience, you know, and they're really interested in, um, in, in you know, this kind of aspect of the, of the um, paranormal phenomena. Um, and it's interesting, like, you know, the, this whole area of stigma, if you like, um, I mean, it's just all like, it's a joke. I mean, I can understand why it exists. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's deeply unhelpful for people that have had experiences, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, and it makes perfect sense that you um, would kind of find, like, communities where you can talk about your experiences without yeah. judgment. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I, I think it's crazy, you know, especially approaching this time of the year, you know, Halloween and that kind of thing. I think it's crazy that so many people have experiences and so many things have been documented yet it still questions so much as to whether people are lying or or telling yeah. the truth so it's crazy to me but no it's it's good to to talk about about things that you experience so hopefully somebody can listen to this and think right okay i'd do the same things kind of thing yeah, absolutely well thank you ever so much em take care so thank you so much em for um, the conversation we had it was absolutely fascinating so um, like I say she then did send me this photo and uh, what it is is it's clearly a photograph taken at night in a graveyard because there's gravestones there and you can see um, the most prominent thing in the photograph is a uh, a kind of streak of light which has got a kind of um, a, a a, it's almost like a ball being thrown and then you photograph it while the ball, ball is being thrown so there's that movement to it so it looks like a kind of you know curved um, uh, line like a thick curved line um, and it's white 
and there's no sense of um, so it's kind of white but it's also um, slightly transparent as well and there's no sense of um, a kind of delineation of a circle at either end of the of the curve if that makes sense it's very much like MZ it's like you know a kind of like elongated kind of stretched um, um, ball essentially um, yeah if you can imagine like a very thick if you've ever drawn anything on a computer like um, you know if you kind of use the thick felt tip or whatever and you choose white and you kind of put the is it the opaqueness the opacity the opacity is that it is that the word where you can kind of like see through things so you can see the pathway as an example like you know, through this line, this orb, essentially, this kind of moving, you know, it, it looks, it's a, it's a still image. I didn't get a live, I didn't have an Apple phone. Um, I don't know whether that, um, you know, uh, whether I need an Apple phone to look at a live video. But what I received was two images, one with this uh, kind of floating um you know, line kind of that you can see through, and one taken basically as you know, M says taken at the same time, um, where it's not there at all. So you know, this kind of backs up the idea that it was moving quite fast. Um, so yeah, so there we are. So, and thank you ever so much. A absolutely extraordinary, fascinating um, conversation, and yeah, I'm going to look into sleep paralysis and yeah really so so interesting and if you have had experiences i'm talking to the audience now audience if you have had experiences like this then obviously get in contact with me okay i'll uh, we'll go to the bleeps and then i'll tell you about the old twitter account So it just leaves me to say thank you ever so much for listening and please do, especially if you have had experiences similar to M's, um, you know, or sleep paralysis, that kind of thing, um, please do get in contact with me via Twitter um, at Paranormal Blip. Instagram is still uh, scurrilously underused by somebody that doesn't really understand Instagram, but it is paranormal underscore blip underscore podcast on instagram as well so um yeah episode 34 will uh, probably be a response to the whatever report is uh, you know comes out in the next couple of days probably monday um have a lovely halloween and see you later <laughs>